Hey, this is Jordan McCrary, defender with Sac Republic, and this is the State of the Republic podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. This is the last episode of 2020, and we are about to enter a new year here soon. And so before we get started with that, uh, my name is Luis, and today I am actually joined by two co-hosts. I'm actually going to introduce one as it is his uh, first episode on the podcast. He's joining our team. And then, of course, I'll continue on with Podcast Mom. But first, uh, let me introduce a big fan of the Republic as we all are here on the podcast. Crash Kirka. Crash, welcome to State of the Republic team. How are you doing today? Hey, it's exciting to be here. Uh, my name's Crash. Um, so thanks for having me. Uh, this is my first episode. Um, doing pretty good today. Um, I, uh, anytime we get to talk to a player, it's really exciting and you know make those connections with them. So uh, it's important to me. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I always say it's uh, really amazing to be able to speak to those players that we really admire on the pitch and you know to hear their backstory and then to hear you know especially this season how it all went down, what were, their feelings were in, in playing during this really. Uh, unusual time and so yeah again yeah welcome to the team and uh next uh podcast mom sharon how are you doing hey thanks thanks for asking and welcome to the team crash and thanks for um you know helping us behind the scenes and getting some of the material ready because we all love asking questions of the of the players whether they're former players current players or even other can't people that we interview some of we've interviewed coaches and Luis has a couple of other podcasts that he runs. And it's, it's really interesting to find out what other people are doing behind the scenes and how they think and what their opinions are of soccer. And so this is, this is a blast. Welcome aboard. And I'm doing good. I'm really looking forward to our interview today. It's good. It's going to be so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I mean, this, Oh man, Jordan is like one of the best defenders I think we've had since he joined in 2019. And what better way to close the, this year uh, with the, another New Year's uh, gift? Uh, as you all know, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, the last one was our Christmas gift, quote unquote, uh, which was Roro. Uh, but now our, our New Year's gift here is uh, Jordan. And so it'll be really interesting to hear more about what he has to say, right, about his career and playing during this year, right? During this uh, really unusual time. Yeah, it so. was a very unusual time. And I think we've got some good questions that'll tease out some of his experiences through this past year. Very, it's it's good. It'll be a good interview. Yeah. So uh, if uh, you want to get us started, Sharon, uh, we'll let you introduce our, our guest tonight. Okay. Uh, so on the State of the Republic podcast tonight, we have Jordan McCrary, our incredible defender. He was voted the team MVP for the second year in a row for defense and excited to have Jordan McCrary joining us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordy. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Excellent. So we all have such good memories of the time when we first met you at either the meet the team event or whatever. And I know Crash has a burning question for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice to see you, first of all. Um, not sure if you remember, but the first time I met you was at the Sacramento City Council hearing for the stadium back in April 2019. 
So I recalled your excitement then. And just to have you recently signed up with the club, uh, I still share that excitement with, uh, uh, with you being on the team. Um, how has your experience been so far for you? It's been amazing. It's been amazing. And I do remember that day because that was so exciting for me. I've never been a part of something like that. And then just walking in on that being kind of like my early moments of being in Sacramento, it kind of showed what Sacramento is. And I love everything about this community and just everything about playing for uh, Sacramento Republic. And just as those little moments like that. And I do remember on the um, season ticket holders uh, uh, event, it was at Papa Murphy's. And that was like my very, very first day here. I do remember that, <laughs> but um, since being here, I still I still love every bit, every moment of it because of the passion that comes through the city and just shows how indomitable it is, especially since that city council moment. Great. Oh man, yeah, that that city council moment is, and yeah, no, that was that was something else. You know, it really showed uh, the whole country, right? That we really wanted MLS, that everyone stood behind it, and that we had a lot of support from you know, everyone, especially that city council vote, right? It's like, that was clear what we all wanted to happen in Sacramento. So really glad that, you know, you're able to experience, right, those moments leading to the big announcement that, that we all know of. So Jordan, uh, this is one of the questions that we, we really enjoy asking um, all of our guests here. Can you tell us a little bit more about what led you to start playing soccer? Whew. Um, Honestly? My family's always been uh, around sports and everything like my parents did growing up, but soccer actually wasn't it. It became my middle brother. I've got two older brothers. Um, my oldest brother played football, mainly basketball. Uh, he started off with a little bit of soccer, but it really wasn't his sport. He didn't like it as much. But um, my middle brother, it was his friends that he was always around that played soccer that drew him to it. And I, being the youngest, was dragged around to everything else so what they did i was probably doing it too and um i remember like little moments of just being out at the soccer field while he was at practice or something and i'm just over on the side just like kicking the ball just you know killing time really and i don't know i just enjoyed it i played soccer a little bit basketball and stuff and as i grew older it was just more of a love for soccer and here i am (laughs) to this day still with that same little passion of running around with a ball I love that. That is such an awesome story. It's funny because being the youngest in the family, we oftentimes do, and I'm I'm the youngest as well. Uh, we do kind of see somebody and then we just mimic. And the next thing you know, it's our passion as well. And that's how I got into soccer is my older sister played as an adult and she dragged me away from rugby to play soccer. So I get it. I totally get the soccer thing. That's so cool. So, so Jordy, you know, everybody always looks at our players' career bios. You know, we all take a pretty good in-depth look. And, you know, just recently you were recognized by your teammates as the, you know, team defensive MVP for a second straight year. Dude, that's awesome. And that you were the lone player on the Republic's roster to log over 1,300 minutes over the season. So what's your, with all those miles and all those hard tackles, because we know we have another question about that later. um, What's your recovery routine for all of that? And then tell us, (laughs) this is a two-part question. And then tell us what you would play as your walkout song and you can share more than one. Oh man, I don't know about the walkout song yet, but recovery, uh, a lot of water. (laughs) 
honestly just chugging plenty of water. I sweat a lot. So my perspiration after a warm up is just water and sweat everywhere. So my main thing is just water and stretching. A lot of plenty of just stretching and staying right, just staying on top of your body, eating the right food, just taking care of the little things because that's just going to add up, especially in a season after that many games. Your body and everything it takes a toll. So just trying to stay on top of things. And then my walkout song. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I got to think on that one for a second. I never actually thought about that. I was talking to Cam. And he was telling me his walkout song with baseball back in the day and stuff like that. So it's like, man, I should have known to think of something. You know what? I bet you it's it, maybe because you spent a little time in Seattle. Let me think. Maybe something from Nirvana. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think of that. Maybe if something comes to me, I'm going to just throw it out there. You know, uh, I'm curious. What was his uh, walkout song? Um, I think it was a... I wish it could come back to me. It was some course, not a DMX. It might have been, I think it was DMX or something like that. I'm pretty sure. I think it was like DMX. I was like, okay. <laughs> we're we're going to make sure he listens to this. And and then I'm when we have say, our- see, We just talked about it. I, mean, I feel so bad. I should have remembered this. <laughs> we were talking about all kinds of music though. I was like, but yeah, we just talked about walkout music too. All right, you got to think about your walkout song. I'm going to keep thinking. Sure. I'm going to keep thinking. I got to come up with something. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, come on, it's going to there's going to be a time where you're going to want that walkout song because, you know, when we start playing again, it's like you were the MVP two years in a row. You get to have a walkout song. <laughs> no, Everybody wait, has well, to listen to it. Let me get to 3, then I can then I'll say okay for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, given the total of amount of games you played professionally uh with sac republic can you tell us about two or three memories that stick in your mind about the first match or before the first before you actually started playing on the pitch um actually yeah uh very first game uh i sat on the side because i wasn't eligible to play for in the game it was uh, against uh oklahoma and i remember we won what was like four one or something like that and I was just like watching this game and i was like in the environment itself and i was like this is this is great this is it right here. And I remember, I think Harris scooped it over somebody too for one of the goals. I was like, see, it's, a, it's like good goals too going in. I'm like, this is, this is it. And then um, I would say Orange County going down a man and went and coming back playing that game. That, that really sticks to me. Yeah, I know. Definitely. There's a, there's a different environment always out there as, <laughs> as then you oh. experience right even as a player too. And you know, I, one thing I do got to say is that I remember um, there was one game that I got to sit uh, uh, on the pitch, right? One of the pitch seats. And I remember hearing you, right? Like you got like really uh, frustrated at a referee decision. And I'm like, that's so cool, right? Because we as the fans get really frustrated at all the bad calls, right? We're like screaming at the ref and all that. But to see the players also do that is it's amazing. It's awesome. And it's like, you guys are, are speaking for us, right? Because the ref could care less what we say, but on the pitch, you know, it's always good to <laughs> express yourself, you know, at times too. And and you really do, you know, feel for the team, right? You are always out there giving it your all. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, oh yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, you know, we, we know you as, you know, one of our faster players on the team. You uh, as we like to say, you tackle with gusto, right? You, you're not afraid of like a, a challenge, no matter where in the pitch too. Uh, and you have really good vision, right? That we've noticed has improved over the past couple of seasons. 
So can you tell us what's your secret for seeing all these situations uh, so early on the pitch? I, I don't know. I guess I'm just instinct and just uh, re trying to read the situation, really. Over time, you just kind of learn from your mistakes, for one, as a defender. So when you see situations over and over again, you just learn to pick up on the little things. And then, I don't know, I guess I've always just never really been afraid to try and tackle or I've always been the, the smaller guy, I guess, growing up. I used to play up in age group, so I had to play tougher. Uh, I just, I had to work hard, you know? Everybody was already bigger, a little bit faster, stronger, technically probably a bit better because they've been playing longer. But, I mean, I don't know. Then you play against guys like Deckel, and it's just like, how could you not want to go and compete with a guy like that throughout the whole game? So, I don't know. I fuel, I fuel off the guys next to me as well. It's not really just me. You get caught in that environment. And it's just you. You really have this chemistry with the guys next to you. So you can make better plays based off of their movements as well. So if they make a good movement or talk and communicate, then that helps me out even more. So it's kind of not really just me. It's, it's those around me help me, me play well. You know, I do what I can and they're, they're there to help me as I am for them. So that's an incredibly humble statement that you just made, but we have watched you play cleanup over and over and over again. You know, it's kind of like where the guy uh, gets behind on the far side and all of a sudden we see Jordy cutting across behind, you know, the other defenders and the next thing we know we're safe, you know? And so that, that's a little bit of what we've seen. And you've really, I mean, you've mastered that more so over the last couple of years so if you're giving credit to all those that are around you, I mean, that's great, but you really do have a good vision for, for cleanup. And that, that's, that's kind of like the point of how do you develop that? And you say it's instinct, but if you were to tell a beginner defender how to do that cover, how would you, how would you explain that to them? Um, I would say someone that's trying to understand defending yourself is watch yourself in video. Break down your own situations and learn what the opponent's tendencies are. So then you can kind of anticipate what the possibility is gonna happen. If someone tends to do something, then you can kind of anticipate, okay, beware of this in these situations. So then it's less of a guessing game and more of a well, anticipation of reacting, being ready in that moment. So now you see it and you're saying, okay, this is, this is gonna happen. And then they, once you recognize it and you know it, then it's just got to be muscle memory. You just know it. But for me, I would say, yeah, watching myself play over and over and over, you tend to see what things you're not doing well at, what areas are spacing wise. So video. <laughs> so switching gears, Jordan, <laughs> this is one of my favorite questions. Um, is who was your favorite travel roomie, either with uh, Sac Republic or other clubs? And what was the best prank that you ever saw or played while you were on the road uh start with your first travel your favorite travel roomie from the republic one of my favorite travel roomies i would say would be um brian james i play i played with him back in uh, toronto and uh he plays down in florida now but yeah he great he's funny guy (laughs) funny guy um but yeah, I don't know. What was that? That second part again? <laughs> Best prank. Best prank. While you're on the road. You know when you're on the road is when all the pranks happen. I haven't been around too many pranks. I'm trying to think. 
Gotta hear about. Oh, this. oh, oh! I can't remember who it was. I don't. I'm not gonna say names or anything. I can't because I can't know exactly. But somebody set an alarm for like four o'clock in the morning for somebody. Yeah, they called down and they set the uh, said, "Hey, can you set it for this room number?" Blah blah blah. And it just, yeah, it kept going off. I I can't remember who, but that happened. <laughs> kind of thinking mm, that, about that sort of those sort of situations, you know, players, you know, come and go and whatnot. Um, which players on the on the team or that or currently previously on the team or currently on the team that you've made some connections with, uh, you know, through, a uh, through your time with them that, you know, those connections will last. Um, I've made, uh, I would say quite a few. I actually really think, um, like it's, uh, it's funny, like Jaime Villarreal, you know, like Shannon Gomez, like guys like that are just, you know, hard guys to not want to be on that sand, stay close with, you know, right on. Yeah. Shannon's, uh, uh, he's a really nice guy. I've I've spent a couple times around him, and and I just love watching him play too because he's super fast. Yeah, I mean, it's quick. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I think, I think you you and him are probably one of our uh, faster players, are arguably. I think between you and him, and we always want you two on the pitch because <laughs> it's always good to have that speed with against anyone really. Um, so, you know, we know we've seen you play with a couple of clubs now. And, of course, you know, all those happened after college. And you also played uh, with uh, some of the various age groups in the national team. And then most recently before Republic, you played with the Sounders and MLS. And so we'd like to hear more about what, what your thoughts are on the difference between your playing time in the MLS and now in the USL Championship. Um, I would just say that the level is actually not far off in cases, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can look around the leagues, uh, well, I mean, in many cases, but in this, like, there's a lot of players you see around the USL that can play in the MLS, you know what I'm saying? And then there's a lot of from the MLS that probably could be in the USL. But per game-wise, I would just say the environment of the stadiums would be the only difference, really. Because the atmosphere can reach that and not go beyond. There's some places for USL where the, the support is unreal and you can't really mimic that, you know. And then there's some clubs in the MLS where they don't get, have a big following. Like you have like a New England Revolution. They're not getting as many as your Seattle. So then it's like, hey. So it's hard to compare in that sense. But playing-wise – the atmosphere is the same to me. Stepping out on that pe- the pitch in Seattle and you hear everybody screaming and yelling and then the play itself, just Saturday Night Lights, it was amazing. And then come to Sacramento, it's like the same thing. You get that environment of just loud screaming, drums banging left and right, and it's that same environment. So it- it's so similar. Yeah, and I got to say, sometimes... Uh... Our environment is better than even MLS teams. Like, you know, got to gotta always throw in the earthquakes because, <laughs> as you know, we played against them, right, uh, uh, last Open Cup last year. And a couple of us, or I shouldn't even just say a couple of us, it was probably a good, probably a hundred of us that were out there. We were doing oh, more yeah. noise, right, than all the other quakes uh, combined. And, and overall, the game, right, we gave them games still. The year before, I know you weren't with the team yet, but we played LAFC and we gave them game as well. And so that definitely it's good to hear, right, that the levels are, are getting near and, and the Open Cup is where you can really tell exactly. that that is happening. Exactly. So it's good. 
so so Jordan, it's funny we're our brains are traveling with you between Seattle and Sacramento and now you know where you are on holiday. Um, but <laughs> I have a softball question for you. What weather is better, Seattle or Sacramento? Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento, yeah. Right. In. Seattle is raining half the time, and then, and then on top of that, it, it gets to maybe I don't know, it gets warm throughout the summer, but it's not really that like hot. And then it just gets back to kind of gloomy and cold again. And a little well, that was the right answer. We knew that was the answer. We just, <laughs> we just had to say that. You know, we're so. I, I gotta say it. Go ahead, Luis. I was like, I gotta say, how about when it hits the the three digit weather in Sacramento? Oh. Is it still better? Oh man, <laughs> it, it, it's tough. It, it's still better. It's still better. I'll take it. Oh, okay. take wait a it. minute. Three digits and smoke. I mean, that's okay. Come on, how did you? Enough. Dude, oh, how did you? How did you manage this last season, speaking of weather, with all of the smoke that from the wildfires for such a long stretch of our season? You know, how did that, how'd you manage for that? Honestly, it was something else. I, I've never, coming from Georgia, really, I, I've never experienced any wildfires or anything like that. And the past two years, what Seattle's the first time I've ever seen smoke or uh, ash falling from the sky. I was like, what is this? And then this past summer, I, I'm over opening my door and it's just falling in my car. I just never experienced it. Then you go off the train and it makes a difference. It's it's actually, you get a little dizzy at sometimes if you're running out there for a while. So, I mean, it, it was a little different and something to adjust to, but I, I stayed inside a lot more just because I was like, I don't want to even walk outside in this. So trying to get to know you a little bit more off the pitch. Um... You know, what are some of like your hobbies or interests and stuff like that? I understand that you have a, a, a pup, uh, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so he probably takes up a good amount of your time, but uh, uh, is there any other hobbies or interests or anything like that that you want to share with us? Yeah. Uh, well, I used to love getting out to the river, actually. Um, go paddle boarding, fishing and whatnot. I get up to Folsom Lake or the river up on there just past like the nimbus area and uh that with the hatchery mm -hmm. and um yeah i go hang out over there actually take the paddleboard go out a bit and then probably throw a line in and just you know hang out for a little bit but i don't know i like to keep it easy calm stick to my movies tv shows and if i can get out then yeah i want to get out towards some water or something yeah it's uh it's beautiful up there i used to go up there all the time for kayaking so mm -hmm. I don't know about my balance on a paddleboard, but how's your <laughs> paddleboard? You can start off on the ground on length or just sitting down. It's not bad. And then work your way up. At first I was, I was wobbling a good bit. I'd go real slow. <laughs> falling into the water is not such a bad thing, but you know. nah, you cool off and it's a hundred degree weather. You'd be all right. <laughs> You're going to teach Cobain to be on the paddleboard with you. That's the plan. That is absolutely the plan. Just got to introduce her, get cool with the water. And then from there, hopefully just sit there and not try and play around. <laughs> hey, I'd be willing to chip in and get that dog a life vest because they're so cool to have those life vests right. for dogs. Right. Yeah. Right now, you got a raincoat. So life vest is next. <laughs> what kind of dog is he? Uh, German Shepherd. 
Okay, so big dog. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a she's a big big girl. She's about what uh, six months? About to be seven. Oh, yeah, six six months. Six months old now. So not even as big as she's about to be. <laughs> oh no, they can get they can get really um, something else, right? But it's always good. I, I always say. I mean, I've never had. A dog like that but if you want a really secure dog right that is always going to have your back then you can't go wrong with a, a german shepherd <laughs> uh, so i'm curious uh do you follow any other soccer leagues and and if, if you do what teams do you support around the world uh, you know i just if i see soccer on i'll probably watch it uh, i like watching epl a lot really um chelsea if they're if out there on i'm for sure watching um Yeah, I don't know. I just watch soccer. I love just watching sports, really. That's easy and chill. Um, it's interesting because I know we all do the same thing. And, you know, I think personally, I love anytime I see one of our um, one of our U.S. players across the pond, if I know that they're being featured on a match, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch Christian Pulisic anytime. <laughs> you know, we'll take it. We'll take it. And you probably have met some of the players that are currently playing in Europe based on your national team experience. Uh, yeah, look, there's a, there's a few over there. Yeah, there's a few. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, you know, with the new year coming up, are, do you have any like fun plans coming up for the for the new year? Or are you just going to continue to lay low? Or I mean, like, what's your January look like before you have to start training? <laughs> uh, before I start, tra I've already started. <laughs> That started already like <laughs> a month or so ago. But um, my new year, I don't really know. Just going to be laying low, honestly. Probably trying to teach my dog a new trick. <laughs> yeah, luckily I've been able to see my family for Thanksgiving. And um, right now I'm able to see them here in Georgia for a little bit. But even here, just laying low, kind of just enjoying time. That's really it. Those are the most important things that we can treasure right now is, you know, our family and those that are really close to us. And, you know, I, I hope you feel the love from the folks that are still in Sacramento and that, you know, just absolutely adore watching you play and cheering you on all the time. And, you know, we always kind of grit our teeth when we see you going in for a tackle, but we support you. And, you know, Sacramento has just fallen in love with you and you're playing and, you know, all of that. And we certainly really appreciate you taking time tonight to be on the podcast. And I was curious if Luis or Crash had any other questions or Jordan, if you had any more words for us, you know, to send us off into the new year and to the holidays and the good spirit. Uh, well, in order to send y'all off in good spirit, I would like to say I appreciate you guys since day one. It's been felt like a family. And I just want to say happy holidays. I hope it's a blessings on blessings going into the new year with many more. And hopefully we get to see y'all soon. Excellent. Luis, any further? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Crash, Luis? That was a really good message. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good, good way, especially as we're, you know, getting here close to a new year. Hopefully fingers crossed it's better. I, I hope it doesn't get any worse than 2020. I you would think <laughs> we hit rock bottom, like, From now on, you know, with the vaccine, everything seems to be good. Um, I did have a question, and we've, we've asked other players this, but I'm curious what your kind of experience was 
how was it like for you playing, you know, during this time and with testing and how was testing like for you too? Because I've gone through that once only and I don't want to go through it again, but I know how, how that can be. <laughs> how was that all that like? Oh, man. Was, the testing at first, I, I didn't enjoy it. I'll just say that. I did not enjoy it. And we were we were doing it often as well. So I wasn't as I wasn't happy at first, but at the same time, I wanted to play. And if that's what we had to do, then that mean that's what we did. But over time it did get better. The test did get easier. They switched it up. So it did get easier. Um, but I mean, I'm just I'm glad we got to play and I'm glad that we did what we had to do to keep it safe. Cause at the end of the day, as long as we're safe and we're going through the protocols, keeping everybody healthy, that's really what's important. Because yeah, like, hey, we got to get through something. We got to get through this. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the, the, everything went went good. I mean, we did have that one match that had to be postponed. But, you know, for the most part, everything was was good. You guys got to play uh, pretty much all the games that were scheduled to. And sadly, it ended the worst way, right, for us. Because it's one of those things where you get angry at there not being any VAR. I feel like... USL should implement that at least for playoff time. That would be kind of nice so you don't deal with these situations again. But, you know, I think you guys had arguably, I think, one of the best seasons in the last couple of years because, uh, you know, we only lost two games too, right? And uh, we beat Reno and they never beat us at all. And they're going to go down in history as never beating us in 2020. And who knows if we'll see them again. But it, it was it was good. I think uh, that was a good, good way to close the year. <laughs> I agree. It was unfortunate to have to go the way it did. And for some of us, it was plain as day. You know, we thought, yeah, but it is what it is. And I'm happy that the squad that we had was really put every every bit into it. And we did give everything. And I mean, hey, I was uh, I was glad to play with a group of guys like that. And yes, Reno did not get us. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing I have to say, though, is that they didn't actually play the final at the end. So I think we probably would have been more mad at the fact that, you know, the overall final had we played against Tampa Bay was just canceled. And so, you know, I guess I guess it wasn't too bad. You know, then it's like, all right, it could have been it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want to win that. though. That's tough. Uh, and then for just not even have one, it's just like, what, what we just went this whole year. And oh like, yeah. It, it was actually uh, really disrespectful too. Like when I found out about that, I'm like, you know, they could just wait it off two weeks, man. If you have to wait it, then wait it. But all the players had to go through all these things. You told us about getting tested all these times and all those no swabs. It's like, man, I, I would be really mad as a player if I couldn't play in that final. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. There, there could have been a way to, to make it work. I think. So, looking forward, it's interesting, Jordy. We have two more minutes. <laughs> um, looking forward, I mean, we have a new crop of players to welcome into the squad, and you being one of the veterans on the Republic, the current Republic squad, I think, uh, I think you've got a task of being that kind of an ambassador how's that going to be for you welcoming in some of the new guys and guys from overseas and that sort of thing 
Uh, I mean, hey, it's like going into every single year. I mean, at the end of the day, no matter who it is we're with, we got to come together as a team. And if um, if I'm able to help out in that way, then, I mean, I'll do what I can. At the end of the day, I hope that we can get all on the same page and want to win a championship. That's like, that's the only mindset you got to have with me. So as long as we all can come in with that, I think we're all going to be all good. We we'll all like each other. <laughs> Awesome. That's, that's exactly what, what we want. And, you know, that's, that's how you build a championship team is having that mentality. And I think it's contagious, right? Everyone joins and they know, they know that's the objective and they know that everyone has that good uh, camaraderie too, which has been with us since, you know, the team was founded. So it, you're in a good spot. Yeah. All right. I definitely agree. Thank you again, Jordan. I know that our time is short with you and we just, we certainly, again, we appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us and we appreciate you as a person and a player and we look forward to big things this year. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it once again. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. So once again, th thank you so much to Jordan for uh, being on the podcast here tonight, for being on, on the last episode of uh, 2020. I think, you know, we, we really enjoyed hearing his stories and I would really uh, understand how difficult it must have been for them, right? To to play during this time and to have to go through all those tests. And fortunately, he said they switched around the test because, I mean, having only taken that swab test once, I know it was really bad and I can't imagine having to retake it all the time. But, you know, it really goes to show how much he loves the game, right? And not just, I guess, him, but just in general, all the players that went out to play during this time and to go through all those things and all that, you know, really sh shows a lot, right? Oh yeah. It, it's interesting because having had only one test myself that I actually got to administer, I can't imagine having that test administered by somebody else who doesn't know your nose, you know, or doesn't know what's going, you know, and where your pain threshold is. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, and then they survived the heat and they survived the smoke and, you know, the players have just their resilience for and their love of the game. You could just tell they were ready to go. And, you know, even Jordan, he embodies that spirit, that one that we just absolutely we admire so much from the players. And, and Jordan is it. You know, he's the epitome of that looking. Uh, yeah, it's I can't wait to have him on again because I think we have some fun things lined up down the road. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. Really cool, especially with uh, his teammates, right? I know we were talking about Harris there and, and whatnot. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the stories too. I'm sure they're going to have a, a lot of stories to, to tell us about <laughs> their time with the team together too. And, and as well with, with other players as well, right? Not just Harris too. So it uh, should be interesting. So before we close out this episode, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, this might not be Central Valley. This might not be Sacramento yet. But we are getting there, too, since we are getting to the MLS. Um, I thought I would talk about this. Uh, and, of course, when this episode gets posted, we'll already know what happened in the game. But as of this podcast recording yet tonight, uh, LAFC from our soon-to-be league MLS is going to be playing against the Tigres from Mexico in, in the CONCACAF Champions League final. And for those of you who didn't see LAFC's game against America last weekend, or I should say two weekends ago, because uh, as of this recording has been two weeks ago, uh, go watch it again. 
regardless of what happened in this game, in this final game, you got to watch that game. But if you haven't seen the game, just to give you a quick summary as to why you should watch it. Well, LAFC was down 1-0 early on in the game. Um, before the first half ended, they get a red card. Un- unnecessary red card. Uh, and I mean, I, I should say unfair red card. Clearly was not <laughs> red card at all. Uh, America's goalkeeper Ochoa dives that they they actually uh, came out with another uh, angle of what had happened and it's really obvious right that he he dives uh, the the player does do the intention to like want to do something but he never hits him and and of course he was provoked by the goalkeeper to to have that reaction to and so you know it kind of makes you question the referee in there uh, a bit too but second half came down. And within two minutes, right as they had started, Carlos Vela scores two goals. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen someone score two goals that quick and two similar goals as well, if you guys look at that. And so LAFC was down one man. They were winning 2-1 so early on in that second half. And beyond that, they were still giving it their all. Like They, they were playing as if it was still 11 v 11 towards the end of the second half. America gets a red card, and then consequently LAFC scores that 3-1 to finalize it with that scoreline. Um, and beyond that game, before that, hey, they beat Mike Cruz as well, I have to say, sadly, but we deserved it. Clearly, LAFC was the better team. We lost 2-1. And before that, LAFC actually pulled an amazing comeback against Club León, who are the current champions of Liga Mekis, in their home stadium. Uh, they beat them 3-0 and had a 3-2 aggregate too. So their journey has been amazing to the final, uh, regardless of what happened uh, last week in the final, whether they were champions or not. Again, uh, the game has already happened by the time we've done this recording. But I wanted to talk to you both about this. Is it really showing us how much MLS is growing and how much longer do you think it'll take for us to see more MLS teams be competitive against Liga Mekis teams. Absolutely. Oh, you know, I there have been glimmers of hope in the past. I mean, um, through various different leagues, even not just MLS, but, you know, we've had glimmers of hope and, uh, and of excellence. I think we're in a very good position as a country and as a league to do, do better and to get better players and to have better training. We talked about this another time. I think it was with Wilson Nishaw. We talked about the differences in training levels of, you know, clubs that are from Europe or England versus clubs from the U.S. And U.S. is such a stickler for fitness. And that's always been our strength. But it didn't it didn't bear well for, all, you know, all of the clubs and, and all of the U.S. national team to just be fitness uh, focused. And now with the influx of different coaching styles and, and different um, styles of play, different training regimens, individual coaching sessions, the emphasis on skill and technique and tactics has really been stepped up a notch and, you know, witness LAFC granted, we have some foreign players on, on that team. I think what that does is it helps uh, infuse the, a different style versus just athleticism. It infuses even more um, and the spirit of winning and look at the fan base that LAFC has. 
Luis, I was also at the the match when Sac Republic played LAFC, and I felt the difference there than some of the other MLS clubs. Although I will say that uh, from what I gather, Portland and Seattle are incredible fan base, and they do the same thing. So, but besides just having that, you know, a uh, super fan, twelfth man standing behind you, I I really do think that the MLS is getting to be a superior league and you know we'll see players coming from Mexico top players coming from Mexico wanting to play here so you know we'll just we'll we'll see how it unfolds it's exciting times it's it's great to be a soccer player right now it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman this is the this is we're there i mean we've got great television deals i mean we could go on and on and on about all the things that are just building momentum for having um you know, just having better soccer, having better play and being a lot more competitive. I cannot wait for 2022. I mean, the rest of us, you know, there's other things going on in life, but there's a few of us that are just such soccer nerds that we're just like, come on, 2022. We want to see the World Cup. You know, we want we want more. Yeah. Even though the World Cup will be right in the winter time right now, we now it's two years from now, even though it's supposed to be a year and a half, right? But understandably so, because it it gets really hot down there right if we complain about the heat here i mean it's it's Qatar. something else no there. <laughs> 125 <laughs> degrees is their yeah. average summer temperature come on yeah oh no it's yeah i'm, I'm glad that they chose not to play <laughs> at that time because I, I could not imagine um any player wanting to play at that even no matter what kind of player you are like that that could not be playable for for any superstar even um but yeah, no, it, we, we are also starting to see players from Mexico to also make the move to MLS too, right? Um, there's a couple that, you know, have gone on to different teams here that have made a big difference. If we look back at, you know, just this past uh, week or two with the uh, MLS Cup final and Columbus crew, uh, one of their star players, MVP there, uh, Lucas, he was came from uh, Tigres. He was with Tigres down there. Uh, true, he's not Mexican, but you know he came from Liga Mekis there, and uh, from what I knew about him, he didn't get that much uh, playing time, and so he chose to come to the MLS to get more of that playing time to showcase his talent. Which I always have to say, he had a lot of talent in Mexico, but uh, uh, the coach with Tigres, he can be a little bit uh, selfish at times, and he tends to not play good players. Sometimes he just has a different view of the game. He's been around the game for a long time that, you know, just uh, his view of the game sometimes isn't his best, but, you know, it's good to see that some of those players are seeing that MLS is a good spot for them, regardless of who they are. And, you know, Lucas is still relatively young. He's not as old, right. As you would think uh, to come to MLS as was the case in the past. And so I think the more players we see, come to the MLS in their, you know, mid-20s, maybe, you know, hopefully 2021, even better, because they have even more future ahead of them, uh, the more the league's going to grow, right? The more players are, are going to bring that talent with them that are going to know that if they come and do good in the MLS, then they can use that to make the jump to Europe. And I think that is the key because in Mexico, a lot of South American players they choose to make the move to Mexico. Well, for one, because the, the pay is pretty good, much higher than it is the, over there. But for two, uh, a lot of players from South America who've gone to Mexico 
have actually been able to make the jump to Europe. And so if they start seeing that MLS is also another way of them to do that, and maybe even a better way for them because of the television deals, um, MLS is seeing more in Europe because of some of the players from Europe that come to MLS, then I think that might be the key to getting uh, more talent. And um, like you were saying, uh, players who can also help uh, uh, motivate other players on the squad, players that were maybe born here, that are now seeing players from in, like international stages that bring something else to the game, right? And they can also maybe adapt to that or maybe learn something from them as well and eventually, you know, grow the game more that way as well. And I think with LAFC, we're seeing a team that has kind of adapted to that. I mean, with Bella, with Rossi coming from Uruguay, he, you know, he came from one of their top clubs, but he wasn't like their star. He just kind of just came and they scouted him really well, like props to whoever um, discovered him over there. But the more players that we have that have that ability, it's just going to just pass on to the team. And if you have consistency with some of your players, like staying in the squad, as we've seen with LAFC, then I think we're in for some really good competitive teams and LAFC is going to be doing really good in upcoming seasons. And I hope, Sacramento takes a similar model to that and they start getting players or scouting players that have a future and see the potential right and coming to MLS and being able to grow their careers just as you know the LAFC saw with uh, some of the players yeah. they've gone yeah so so crash listening to all this excitement and knowing that you know the TV deals are coming you know 2023 Sacramento is going to be in this same situation you know what does that feel like to you too? Oh, I'm pr- practically counting down the days. Um, so that's, uh, it's really exciting. I see a lot of opportunities, um, not just, you know, having a stadium and um, being in the MLS and uh, players making more money and bringing more attention and fans in and everything, but it's also going to be good for Sacramento local economy. So um, I'm just really excited to see all these changes. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of, you know, take a time machine or something right now and go there. (laughs) Yeah, you're not alone. It's funny. We all want to kind of fast forward to what that will look like here. But I mean, if we can get anything. Well, I mean, we're going to always do it the Sacramento way. Let's face it. Sacramento has always done it their own way, no matter what it's been we're we've we've done it our way and i just can't wait to see how that unfolds but we all play a role in what that looks like i mean we all provide input crash i know you've been instrumental in giving input to you know the sacramento front office and and luis you've been very good about keeping your ties open to how you want things shaped and you know we all are a part of making things feel like ours it's it's we're not anybody else. We're going to be Sacramento. However, what's going on with LASC, we cannot deny they've got something really special. If you look at the ownership group, I mean, they've got Mia Hamm sitting in the background. She's an experienced international player because, you know, not only did she play in the U.S., but she played for the national team and she played all over the world. She knows that what that looks like. The coach, you know, you've got one of the like that one of the best coaches in the league who's played or who it played, but he's coached all over the place. So he understands what is needed to build the, je ne sais quoi, you know, the 
whatever it is, you know, that, that swagger, they've got it and they've got good announcers. They've got good, they've just got it. But of course they've got like how many million people living in there. And so whatever, but we're there, we're there. Sacramento's we're going to do it our way. Yeah. And you know, if it serves as inspiration, I mean, going back to, to the, the past, you know, MLS cup champions, Columbus crew, right. That they're not, they're not a flashy team, but any means and we know that they were so close to moving to Austin not too long ago too right they, they had that conflict between them and you know if we look at the standings last year with Columbus they finished 10th in the Eastern Conference so they didn't even make it to playoffs they were pretty far from making it to playoffs and this year they brought Lucas as I mentioned from Mexico who wasn't getting much playing time and they built pretty much the squad around him. And he made such a difference. And he's not a player that cost them so much money, right? I mean, sure, I'm sure he wasn't cheap either, but he didn't cost you as much as like another flashy name player who might just be as good as the name and not actually good on the pitch. And so I think following that model where you bring in players from other leagues that aren't playing as much playing time, but that you know that they've proven themselves when they've had that playing time is is good. So good eye on Columbus for doing that. I think we need to take note of that because th- there's a lot of good players out there that, you know, sadly for one reason or another, maybe conflict with the coach or whatnot, they're just not getting enough playing time and they can make a big difference. So I think that's inspiration. And I think if people laugh at us if we're like yeah you know we could probably be champions in the first 10 seasons I don't think it's far-fetched to think that because again we have teams like Columbus that haven't had such good seasons hadn't been champions for a while and we're close to moving to and despite going through all those issues and you know having all that going on they still managed to build a good squad and so that that's pretty inspiring to me. Well, and then you also have to look at like the Minnesota Uniteds and the Nashvilles that, you know, just did a really good springboard into the last part of the um, the season, you know, in the in the conference, you know, and just moving that part forward themselves. Nobody expected that from Minnesota. I think I was always shocked every time I saw Minnesota like advance and win and just kind of keep moving. It's like, hey, that's pretty cool. Um so, you know, looking at that model and then looking what we did, and I know it's a different USL Champions League, but if you look at what we did, the the year we turned in, the, the year we joined USL, boom, we win it. You know, there's all kinds of magic that happens. And if you get the right players and you have the right coaching staff, which, you know, we're building on that right now, you know, we're doing that look around, you know, Todd Denovan's probably here for a while if you think about it, you know, with, based on his experience. So he's, he's got the chops and, and I think he's, he's leading us in a decent direction. We'll see what happens, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it'll be really interesting. And and as you said, you know, we're, we're anxiously hoping that time just flies on yeah. <laughs> in 2021. As Crash uh, said, if we could just yeah. get a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be, that would be nice if, if we could do that too. And, and sadly, you know, it's not in 2022 anymore where uh, we would be joining MLS. I was really looking forward to happening before the world cup, right. It was kind of interesting, but now, you know, I think more of the reason to look forward to the world cup because 
after you know going through uh, probably a Christmas vinyl <laughs> of normal of all things, uh, we're gonna be able to start looking forward to MLS too. And so it does get you hyped up, right, for that uh, fall time in 2021 or fall time in uh, 2022 when we'll be able to celebrate two things that are gonna be happening uh, just uh, one month after the other two. So it's gonna be really interesting, but yeah. Exciting to see LAFC, you know, make it to the final again. They may have not won it. They may have been champions. I'm not sure. The game's going to happen here in an hour as, as of our recording here. But, you know, I, I think it's really amazing to see the uh, MLS squad uh, not only make it to the final, because, uh, it, of course, we did see Toronto a couple of years back make it, and Montreal made it a couple of years back as well, and then Real Salt Lake too, and a couple others before they changed the format. But to see an MLS team beat three teams that are some of the teams that have been higher up in the standings in Mexico, like Leon, Cruz Azul, America, it's amazing just to see. I mean, Tigres is like the, the last test, I guess. But no matter what happened in that final, it, they've already done something else. And they've already shown that MLS has talent and they need to stop like trying to feel like Liga Mekis is superior to MLS always. And and even though I'm a fan of Liga Mekis too, I, I always say, give it a couple more years, MLS is going to be even more solid and Liga Mekis is going to have to step up their game because, uh, yeah, it's going to get really competitive and it's good. I want to see more competitive matches and we have the players here, we have the talent and it's only a matter of uh, of them actually, you know, accomplishing those things like winning the championships and all that to show to them that, hey, we we should be taken seriously. We have good squads, and you know you might want to make sure that you may you put more money into your team <laughs> if you want to compete against us. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, first things first. You know, money comes from all different sources, not only from you know businesses and sponsors, but also from TV deals. So we'll see how that unfolds for you know the continuation in Liga Mekis, and you know, and and we're fortunate in the U.S that the MLS has learned how to do that, you know, do build that system of support and sponsorships and, and that sort of a thing, but not to shift gears, but I'm gonna, we're gonna shift gears because I think we've got some fun things coming up. We've got some fun interviews headed our way, as well as we have uh, potential episodes where there may be a game or something like that. Didn't we talk about that a little bit with uh, with Jordan? Um, yeah, so stay tuned, right? We'll we'll be sorting that out. Talk a little bit about that, Luis. What are your thoughts and crash? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, in fact, as of this podcast recording or when this podcast recording goes out, we may actually have something already. So maybe people have already seen the first uh, social media post that we've already done promoting what we will be doing or we've already done one of the two i guess uh, we're still working out the details here ourselves but to not maybe give too many spoilers right as to what it'll be let me just tell you that we're going to have a lot of fun and all you listeners are going to be able to interact with the players with staff with fans uh, i mean other fans i should say uh anyone involved in the world of soccer in sacramento is going to be uh or might have a chance to be involved in these special episodes uh, is what I could call them to. 
and you'll be able to see these things live. So on social media, you'll be able to, to see that. And so we're really excited. If uh, you guys uh, followed our last podcast, you know that sometimes we did lives as well. And those are always fun. I always have a blast with those because we're able to interact with the listeners. You're able to say comments. We're able to put them on the screen. And so this is you know something new that we're working towards uh, having uh, on the show. And again, maybe as of this podcast being posted, it's already been happening. But what I can say is if you do miss that one, follow us on social media. It's a good probably segue to that too. And if you're not following us on social media, you can go on Facebook and uh, search for State of the Republic podcast, or you could just do at State Republic 12, uh, whichever one you uh, choose. And so you can give us a like there. Um, we are going to be having those shows or those live shows on uh, Facebook for sure. And then possibly Twitter, possibly uh, YouTube, maybe both. Uh, we'll have to see what, what other two platforms I get posted to. But if you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, our name is at State Republic 12. And also, if you would like to join our Facebook group, it is called Sacramento Soccer Fans. So uh, you can also check that out. We're also going to be sharing, again, these live episodes on there as well. So if you miss it, you might actually see it through the group, which has been often the case for a lot of people. Groups tend to show up more on newsfeed. So one more reason to request to join the Sacramento Soccer Fans group. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you do subscribe, you're going to be alerted as to every new episode we post. So why not, right? You get alerts, you get notifications, and you're able to listen to them when you get a chance as well. So please check that out there. But yeah, other than that, super excited, uh, Sharon, to have these live shows. I know everyone's going to love them, and it's going to be an opportunity for everyone to get to know more people involved in the Sacramento soccer atmosphere and also be able to chime in with questions they might have for them or comments that they just want to give on anything they're saying, whether it's in the Q&A or whether it's when we do the special episode. Again, I don't want to give too many details, but it's something really cool. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be really uh, unique. So, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to it. And, you know, it, it'll, it'll be us three here on the show here that are going to be organizing that and might be on that um, live show when that does happen. Or if it already happened, then there you go. We were on, <laughs> we were on the live show. <laughs> so there you go. And Crash, who seems to have a very creative mind, um, uh, looking forward to developing this concept. Yeah, I'm excited to work with you guys. And, um, and you know, I reached out to Sharon because I know she's involved with uh, a lot of these things and, um, you know, knows some people out there. And and uh, so, uh, you know, excited to work with Lu Luis as well. And, and, and you guys are, you know, just fun to uh, talk to. So we're going to I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So because um, uh, Lu Luis said so. So, <laughs> yeah, that is me. Thank you. <laughs> If Luis says we're going to have fun, so the, the thing is you got to, the my goal is always to get Luis to giggle at least once or twice. And he always has his mic muted whenever I get him to giggle because he's got the, he's got a good, he's got a very good laugh. Oh yeah. I, I always, I always laugh. I think 
in every single episode, there's always something to laugh about, even if it's uh, someone that's serious, right? Like, I think they always, you always find something funny. And I think we're fortunate, I think, with the Republic that most of the players that we've had have, you know, had their, like, goofball side, right? Some maybe more than others, of course, and we know who those are. <laughs> and so I think it's good that that, that we have that too and and you know it's it's good to it's good to laugh right and and as we close this year out i think it's it's good for us to to look at the positive things right that have happened this year and to get a good laugh going on and it's our hope that with these live shows you're going to be just cracking up maybe like throughout watching the whole thing i i know it's it's going to be really funny and we're going to get a lot of interesting anecdotes from players from staff from anyone else who who is there but yeah definitely be on the lookout it just we just have a lot of um plans for these things and potentially fans also are going to be involved in this too like i said before so that should make you excited too as a listener now too because we we want you to also be involved in this too if it's something that you'd like to also be involved in and of course as as we do these we'll have more details when you're able to get involved in them uh and when what I mean by involved, I don't just mean posting a comment because you can already do that and any of the other ones. I actually mean being live on there too with your camera on, participating in something that we're planning. And so be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be really uh, interesting there as well. And so if you want to know that, again, follow us on social media because let's just say we are going to have limited seating, right? Or I should say limited virtual seating. So one more, one more reason to follow us and maybe even activate that notifications thing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so that you get that notification right when we post something because we are going to have, again, limited virtual seats. So not everyone can be on. And so in, like you said earlier, in closing out this, this podcast and closing out 2020, you know, I know that we wish everybody well and, you know, really grateful, um, to be able to chat with everybody here and to be able to be listened to and to bring these episodes to um, the region and talk soccer. And I really do. I appreciate both of you and all the other hosts that have been here and the, the episodes that we've already done so far and appreciate going into 2021 with a happy face. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, do you have any uh, closing words here, Crash, for the new year? I'm just looking for, forward to next year and uh, better things to come. So that's really all I could say. <laughs> yeah, no, true, true. As as we all are, right, trying to hope that 2021 is is better and and that we can go back to normal because we we want to go watch a game already and. I I know we're going to pack that stadium during whatever that first game might be. Uh, hopefully in preseason would be ideal, but whatever it might be, we're, we're going to be there supporting the team. Like, like no other, like it's their first ever season back all over again. Uh, well, thank you everyone uh, to, for listening to us here tonight. Uh, happy new year. Happy 2021. Uh, thank you for following us here this year. And for hopefully continuing to follow us uh, next year too. Uh, we're really glad that you take the time out of your day to listen to us at any time. Thank you. We're seeing the numbers. We're seeing you 
listen to us too. We're not actually literally seeing you listen to us, of course, but we're seeing our, our total number count go up by the day. And so we're really thankful and we really appreciate that. So once again, happy New Year's, happy 2021. And, uh, and you will hear from us next year, which is pretty soon. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone.